a dry Irish-style stout bearing a generous tan head, aromas of coffee, chocolate and caramel with a smooth finish with bitterness. Currently being tested to become the first certified space beer in the world. Uh, oh, boo. my word. So, yeah, so it's like, um, buddy, where's Wally of beer? What are they doing? <laughs> Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Crime Malt. With over 25 years in the field, Crime Malt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. Your premium brewing partner and proud sponsors of this, and this is Brews News Week. I'm not Pete Mitchum, who unfortunately scheduling uh, and homeschooling and our availability in Brisbane uh, didn't make it possible for Pete to join us. So hopefully uh, I managed to replace him at least acceptably, and don't forget any advertisers this week. <laughs> that giggle that you just so laugh actually giggles. So we, giggles, all right. We need to be very it was careful an with words. Giggle. giggle is okay. Okay, yeah, so that fine. laugh. Um, it was a genuine giggle. I intended it as such. And that voice you now hear with the uh, lovely lilt is Claire <laughs> Boom Boom Burnett. And uh, welcome, Claire. Hey, Matt. And people have actually started referring to you in, I know. Uh, as Boom Boom. <laughs> oh so I'm not sure whether we've started something. And the voice that you're yet to hear is the voice of reason, the voice of youth, and the choice of a new generation, Jimmy Gold. None of those things are accurate. <laughs> <laughs> G'day. How are we? The voice of a new generation. Welcome back, Pat. What responsibility. Uh, well, that, yeah. was, that was the Coke. Oh, no, the, that was Pepsi. Oh, the Pepsi, Pepsi marketing, yeah, that was uh. their tagline in the eighties: "A voice of a new generation." <laughs> um, they haven't got any better in their marketing. Well, it did work apparently. I don't know. We have really, to, have to look into it. It's, it's one of the things that fascinates me, you know, particularly in the beer industry. And it's very apropos of this podcast is uh, marketing and you know the messages that resonate with people mm-hmm. um, and you know give people a reason to to, to buy something. So uh, yeah, but anyway, Jimmy, how you been? Very well. Very you good. weren't with us last week. You're back because you're you're working, working some late yeah, nights, was, which was, is making it hard these yeah, early starts. Yep, yep. Yeah, I just uh, I just cherry pick my uh, topics and I come in and talk about the ones I know and then just <laughs> say I'm working on the other ones. <laughs> now I do have to say you are obviously heading to work uh, from here because you've got the uh, venue manager's attire of mm-hmm. the belt loop with uh, a, you know significant bunch of keys on it. <laughs> Too. Like a prison guard <laughs> well, <laughs> to the mouth It's house. a fairly hefty carabiner for just it's, two keys. They're not, it's not a prison guard key. They're <laughs> keys, keys to success. Keys to success. Keys to success. There you go. Oh, uh, anyway, um, we are here to talk about the beer news of the week, um, the brews news of the week. And it's after last week's uh, trifecta um, mm. of... Uh, yeah, you hit all the good ones last week. Yeah, I was, was like, jealous I like missed out. It felt like the greatest hits episode. <laughs> yeah. Or like the, the, the yeah. broken Our record. favourite ones. Yeah. yeah, that's it. It is a bit of a broken record, but you can't help because they are, news, like, they are yeah. newsworthy. They've and just uh, got so much news that you <laughs> they do pop up quite often. Yeah, no, it, actually, speaking of things that, you know, like uh, are big news, um, yesterday, Great Northern, which is the biggest beer brand in Australia, launched a zero... Uh, alcohol beer or an alcohol-free beer. Now, Jimmy, this was the one that actually prompted you yep. to say, hey, I'm definitely coming I'm in. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, it's because I thought there'd be some samples in the office. But, uh, <laughs> oh, so. Um, well, we can organise them for you. Yeah. Uh, Beautiful. So, but uh, Carlton United Breweries has today launched an alcohol-free version of its Great Northern brand as it prepares to celebrate 10 years since the debut of the contemporary beer category. Uh, Great Northern, which is today the biggest-selling beer brand in Australia and credited with sparking the Australia-specific contemporary beer boom, is seeking to capitalise on another significant industry trend. Uh, Antonia Ciorciari, I think that's pronounced. Beautiful. That was a great pronunciation. Yeah. I've been practising up all night (laughs) on that one, um, doing Pete's job. Uh, (laughs) CUB's head of contemporary brands said the great northern foray into the non-alcoholic beer market reflected the booming demand amongst Queenslanders for alcohol-free beer options. Jimmy, um, you're you're very pro. He's pro. pro. Very pro. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pro. I love it. I think it's great. It's not for me. I'm not going to buy it. But <laughs> really, because I know that um, but from yeah, a venue perspective, now venue and for and the and listeners who weren't here for our pre-chat because you you know, launched into uh, this one even before the mics were on. So <laughs> talk, talk us through your, your your thoughts about it. My theory on alcohol-free beer is it's a great way for people to enjoy their downtime with the same people that they enjoy being around 
without being cast out in any sort of social kind of weirdness. It's a, it's, you know, and, and as much as people are saying, oh, well, why would you hang out with people who like make fun of you if you're not drinking what they drink or whatever? It just happens. It's, I see it in venues all the time, both in social settings and, and corporate settings. And what I mean by that is if, you know, you're the one person that's doing an alcohol-free month, you're going to get berated by your colleagues or by your mates and it becomes this whole thing. So if you can have something that looks the same as what everyone else is drinking, it's just going to be a much mm-hmm. more enjoyable time. And after the first round, everyone else forgets that you're not drinking anyway. So, yeah, yeah. But you, you're not sitting there with a glass of Coke or water or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so that's where, you know, like, the, these perspective, you know, comes in how, how you look at something because, you know, I um, grew up where you didn't have, um, you know, alcohol-free beer options and so you had to confront that, look, I'm not drinking for whatever reason and you know, it was either because you were the designated driver um, and so you had an excuse um, and it got even, you know, like Forex Gold uh, wasn't launched until 92 um, before then, you know, the mid-strength options were um, and light options were terrible. Um, but the culture was you drank full strength and even drinking mid-strength was, you know, frowned upon. So, you know, I, I, I guess I was looking at it that uh, that was just something you confronted. But it, it's a you know, great use case. And the other one I think, Clay, you talked about, uh, or there was a suggestion in the Facebook group um, that, uh, <laughs> yeah, Phil Sharp, uh, I spotted that one and I had a little giggle. He says, we'll be interesting to watch to see if people embrace it. Also, a beer for pregnant partners to drink when they sit at home while their bloke goes camping with their mates. <laughs> nice little throwback was, yeah. to that. Oh, that's right, yeah, Great course, Northern venue. Back. Okay, yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> so, so that was a great chat. But yeah, it, it's, I mean, it, it, it's interesting because we've been sent a couple of alcohol-free beers to try um, and I should have brought them in all, uh, I, I've waded through a couple of them. Um, and I, 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 you know, I found the flavour a little bit disappointing. Um, if, if you're drinking it for the satisfaction that beer brings, um, they were a little bit thin. Um, you know, I, I find probably the best, and here, here we go. So here's uh, the first leg of our trifecta. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Brewdog's um, Punkayef uh, that I've had at the Brisbane venue. It was it was actually one of the most enjoyable. Um, alcohol-free beers that I've had, and one of the ones that you know it was the use case was I was driving, um, so you know I, I could have a beer with everybody else, not feel left out, not have the lemon lime and bitters or uh, whatever, and still really enjoy it. Um, and the way that they balanced the malt profile um, with the hops was very nicely done, so it was enjoyable. But I still found that the you know the unfermented sugars at the end because they, they I think they do the arrested um, fermentation method or the, the, the yeast doesn't fully ferment out um, and then they pasteurise it. So you do have that not quite cloying but you know the, the slightly sugary mouthfeel that the, the bitterness covers. It was still like it was there but it wasn't um, yeah. unpleasant the it's way some of them are. It's pretty, you know, it's close enough is the way I look at it. Yeah. It's not bang on. It's not, it's not a beer. It's not a 5% or 6% beer. It's alcohol free. But there's two things I want to say there which you said one is this approach to drinking that we have you know and you said it before an excuse of why i wasn't drinking as if you need to provide an excuse to why you're not drinking like if you're going out with friends for dinner or something it's this thing it's like oh why aren't you drinking you know yeah. that, that seems like to be a bit part of, a, of the yeah well, what's going yeah, yeah. on are you unwell is there something happening it's like well, or if you're if, a woman are you pregnant yeah oh exactly my god <laughs> which I is will. such a you know overly personal question to <laughs> yeah. ask someone that you barely know or you know but yeah it's 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 almost like we have to approach these things as an excuse it's like this is my excuse i'm not drinking but it's like what if i just don't want to drink tonight it's wednesday or it's you know i'm just trying to have an alcohol free week or a day or a month or whatever it's it's we almost have to come into it with an excuse which yeah. is you know, again, like these products create almost you almost sidestep that question because mm-hmm. they just see you see you there's drinking a beer in yeah. brackets, but it's an alcohol free. Yeah, there's beer. no questions. Don't have to justify it. Yeah, done deal. And then it's also that again the percentage thing. It's you know we used to drink full strength, but were we drinking as much? And we were we drinking as often back in the eighties and nineties? And then mid strengths came around, so maybe that became more. But then I I see people who drink a lot. You know, and by a lot I mean seven days a week, and I don't, you know, out of maybe habit or you know, whatever the way they like to go out socially and things. But 
like at what point does it matter what percentage of alcohol is in your beer? You know, it's like, is it, a, are you drinking beer if it's 5%? Are you drinking beer if it's 3%? Are you drinking beer if it's, you know, 2% alcohol? And there are some light beers out there that are really interesting and cool, but, you know, I'll go and have a pint of something like the uh, uh, Garage Project um, White Mischief, I think it is, their, their Peach Sour, which okay. is yep. two, 2.9% alcohol, yep. and it's delicious. It's such a good beer, and it's mm-hmm. so good, because I think a pint of that is about one standard drink. So it's fantastic, and it tastes great and everything else, but no one sits there and goes, oh, why aren't you drinking a full strength? It's mm-hmm. just like, oh, he's having a beer it's a craft yeah, yeah. beer it's an interesting beer and it's just this funny approach to but isn't like it, it, it's funny and i'm taking all of that on board but you know isn't the flip side of that that if you feel the need to you know if, if i don't want to drink beer either because i'm driving or i just want to have an alcohol-free day um or i don't want the calories you know like i've got a calorie budget and you know whether it's got alcohol or um you know there's still particularly the uh you know when i, I haven't seen Great Northerns, but you know when you look at Carlton Zero and Heineken, it's actually got more sugar and more carbs, and you know not a significant reduction in kilojoules. Yeah. Um, you know they're the reasons that I would choose not to drink, um, as well as just having an alcohol-free day. Yeah, I but th- feeling the need to have a beer in hand to avoid questions doesn't yeah. that just legitimise the? Uh, well, everyone's going to pressure me, and I'm not going to tackle them. So say, well, I don't feel the need to drink. Mm. So doesn't that actually play well, yeah. into that I and, think, and create that whole perception? I think as well there's all varying levels of societal uh, interaction and, you know, there is very much so, you know, that group or pack mentality, especially at the pub. If there's, you know, for example, if you're on a Bucks party and you didn't want to drink, that's a hard oh, yeah, bullet, yeah. Yeah. right? It's a hard ball to dodge. There. You're yeah. going to cop it. So even if it helps for the first, you know, I've gone to weddings and not drunk before and it's hard. It's hard because everyone's like, oh, what's wrong with Jimbo? He's like, oh, God, he must be really unwell or something. Well, surely now that doesn't happen now that you're like you're an ultra marathoner. No, I mean, because I still I still drink. I drink oh, no, beer I know, and but everything. People but just go, oh, that's just Jimmy. He's fit. But I mean, that took me a long <laughs> that that took me a long time. That, that yeah. took me a long time to get to that point. And um, yeah, it's and that's what I mean. It's it's not easy. And I think as well with a product like this Great Northern is, it's if we're going on a fishing trip which is probably where 90% of Great Northern is drunk. It's, on a, on a, it's tinnies on a tinny. That's the conceit. That's, that's yeah. the conceit yeah. anyway. Yeah, so. that's what they want, yeah, that's, want that's everyone what the, to that's what the billboards say. But, yeah. um, you know, it's if the culture is to drink beers from sun up to getting back into um, back onto land. So if you don't want to drink for six hours straight or whatever, but still want to have that experience of sitting there and cracking a tin and cheersing yeah. your best mate – then that's a fantastic option instead of sitting there sucking back 10 Coca-Colas or Sprites or And the more we see of these lower or no alcohol beers, I think the more it will get normalised to do that. And then eventually you won't have to get one to not hide the fact that you're not drinking, but just be like, avoid the questions. Eventually it will become normalised to do that and nobody will bat an eyelid. And, And bringing it back to this particular story, that's where I think... The, like the real significance of this, it was a big story. And it, it wasn't covered anywhere in the mainstream media um, that I saw yesterday. It no, was I didn't see it, actually. They had That's a media weird. call that came through. So we're recording this on Thursday. Wednesday morning, um, the media call came through and they had you know, the, the first carton being delivered by boat. Yeah. Why? I don't... <laughs> I, 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 I think it's just a plan. And then they had... Um, so, and I, I didn't put any of this in the story because it was just like the mainstream media hook um, yeah. was some cattle wrangler um, from <laughs> the Northern Territory, Matt Brown or something like that. He who great. was Yeah, so who was there to sort of talk about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, some manly I'm man. I'm so blokey. Saved. Yeah, that's And it, it just didn't, apparently you got a small thing on the Channel 9 News, wasn't in the Korea Mail. We are the first, online. we are the first yeah. <laughs> searches even, along. Even the <laughs> uh, mainstream Zero. drinks publications that you would normally, you know, the, mm. the, the, the shout and those sorts of things didn't have it. Um, I wonder why. It's alcohol-free beer, so I, so I wasn't. Well, I, I, look, I, I don't what know. To say? Um, you know, it, it, it's very unusual that you know a, a story that's spoon-fed to the media yeah. isn't picked doesn't up. Doesn't get the coverage, yeah, because yeah. it's it, easy coverage. It's a major. You know, it's the biggest beer in the the land. You know, really legitimising the trend, and I think, you know, like in Queensland particularly, um, and they've only launched it in Queensland, the Northern Territory, which is where they launched Great Northern before letting it bleed out nationally. But there are a couple of brands that are only. Queensland and it was Great Northern, our Furphy. 
Because um, Furphy was Victoria only to begin with, wasn't it? And then it sort of slowly bled out to the rest of the country. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, our, no, no very our, much. And you know, yeah. and, and I don't think that that was a God, clever marketing tactic. Um, it's just the beer from up here, right? Which is Well, it was a beer from up here. It was, you know, uh, launched in Queensland, um, you know, even though it was, you know, as we love to say, it's brewed closer to Melbourne than it is to Cairns, <laughs> but they love to uh, identify with uh, their, their Cairns heritage. And, yeah, and it was just successful. It was 10 years. Um, now, funnily enough, when I was uh, researching the article, just sort of looking at some of the hi- history of mm-hmm. Great Northern, so it was launched in October 2010, mm-hmm. so Brews News was just in its first year, but... Some of the other products that were launched around the same time, there was uh, Carlton Black, I think it was, which mm-hmm. was a. It tasted like beer with Coke in it. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Well, I, I, I've I, seen people do that. though. it's called Diesel. Um, yeah, or, or something, something like that. In in Germany, apparently, it's a big thing in Germany. Um, and the other one was uh, the Pure Blonde White, which was a pure blonde riff on a Belgian wit beer. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, and th- these were all in the same year, so it was a big year for new product development. And, you know, y- y- you'll have marketers, um, and I'm pretty sure one of the people who was um, a, a champion for Great Northern was also telling me at the time that, you know, this Coke and beer, is, is it's huge in Germany, it's going to be a big thing here, um, was also saying that at the same time that alcohol-free beer is huge in Europe and it will be here um, and was you know, also in the NPD team for Great Northern. And you sort of think, well, this is how it works. You know, you've had captured lightning in the bottle with Great Northern, which is now the number one brand. Mm-hmm. Finally, we're moving around to alcohol-free beer mm-hmm. becoming a thing that you can legitimise with the Great Northern brand. Yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> Beer and Coke, and uh, no, you know, it's main, not gonna happen. Mainstream Still beers, craft, taste. craft brewers out there, <laughs> dump your seltzers, and yeah, Coke throw down and beer. a Coke and beer. <laughs> well, I, I actually wonder. I'm surprised that it's um, it, it hasn't happened. I mean, let's, let's face it. There's a lot of things going into beer um, <laughs> that should not be going. That into should beer. not be going into beer. Yeah, <laughs> but that's an interesting one because when I wrote a story prior to Christmas. Um, Brick Lane were just taking on the non-alcoholic challenge um, for one of their contract brands, I believe. And I did some research at the same time then. And what it sort of said to me, I think the case study we used was Japan. So different consumer tastes and all that kind of stuff. But they saw this massive increase, this big surge and two or three hundred percent year on year growth for the category. And then it just plateaued. It just stopped growing. And I think we'll probably end up seeing something more like that with um, non-alcoholic because while there is a space in the market for it, it's limited, I yeah. would say. It's like light beer as well, right? Like light beer is well and truly here to stay. It's There's people that just drink light beer or and there's restaurants that will always have one you know, one line of light beer in the, in the fridge. Yeah. But yeah, it's not going to be, you know, you're not going to walk into your local beer bar and mm. it's like, you get a tasting flight of light beers That's unless it. they're doing a very specific event. But, yeah, <laughs> and do you th- do you guys think, though, that compared to like the 90s or something, an average ABV has been lowered? Absolutely, yeah. Would you say so? Hugely, yeah. Oh, interesting. Because um, you do see the odd crazy 13% Well, I mean, craft beer is, is significantly higher mm. um, on average yeah. um, than – but it's still such a very small part of the market that it doesn't significantly yeah, drag. You know, it's, it's like having one – you know, really tall person in a group of average-sized people only marginally increases the average height. Mm-hmm. But when you look at, you know, all of the new product development, you know, Great Northern, I think when it launched as a full-strength beer was 4.2 and it's now 12% of the market. Um, you know, full-strength beer was once 4.9% um, just as a standard um, and then you went down to, to mid-strength. But almost all of the major um, new releases these days are low fours, Um VB famously tried to lower its um, oh, yeah, ABV um, and had had big blowback, but other products still have. And I'm pretty sure Forex Heavy, which was its big competitor once, but most of them have have crept down. Um, but then you know, again, the, the biggest craft beer. I think it's the biggest craft beer, um, independent craft beer, Stonewood Pacific Ale, four point four percent. Again, it was so far against the trend when they launched it. You know. That's cool. You had American Pale Ales was the baseline for any brewery starting. Everyone had an American Pale Ale and then went bigger. 
Stone and Wood decided to go something that was a bit more sessionable, both in flavour and alcohol, and brought it down to 4.4 and really pioneered a a category of the sessionable craft beer. Mm -hmm. And I think we'll see more of that, actually, going... I think we'll keep going lower. Maybe not no alcohol, but definitely lower. I think lower, for sure. And I think we're getting better at making really interesting, flavoursome beer at... That sort that of 3%, level. 4%. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah I, I, and yeah. I've said you know, over the, pretty much since Stone and Wood that I think Australia is one of the leaders in terms of lower alcohol beers in terms of finding flavour. You know, you, you've got the traditional ales of the UK, which have always had a lot of flavour and have had lower alcohol, um, and there's historical reasons for that. But Australia, and it's, it's one of the reasons why... Um, you know, when Heineken brings in a, a mid-strength variant, it's often tested in Australia because we already have that culture. And AB InBev, when they still own CUB, was talking about lower alcohol beer being 20% of their portfolio um, and pointing to the, the success of Australia because Australia has one of the highest levels of mid-strength penetration anywhere in the world. Actually, before we move mm-hmm. on to that, and I think excise, as much as everyone rails against excise, the volumetric excise that punishes higher alcohol beers and rewards lower alcohol beers has had that um, yeah. you know, consequence. Yeah, definitely. So, so, so what, the cutoff for the bracket is 4. Point, I can't remember what it is. Uh, a bra- it's brackets though, right? So it's Yeah, but I think it's mid-strength, and once you get into full strength, then it, it graduates. So yeah, okay. you're paying on the, al- on the right, right, right. volume of alcohol yeah. in, the, in the beer, which gotcha. rewards lower alcohol beer. Um, and say what you want about alcohol in business and those sorts of things, but in terms of achieving that effect of encouraging people to drink less and encouraging brewers to make less, less alcoholic beers it certainly uh, has that effect um, but the other thing I want to say is that you've had uh, seen people come in and get upset that there is any alcohol even though it's like less than point yeah I, uh, yeah I mean I, I had a customer once at a bar I was working at that had uh, you know she ordered an alcohol free beer as it's described on the menu mm-hmm. and it has 0.05% alcohol in it, and she was quite upset um, at it having any alcohol in it. So she brought it back and was sort of in a bit of a, you know, had a little rapture. Yeah, it. quite quite mm. upset, and sort of explained, well, it's alcohol free, but there's always some residual. In the same way that if you have, you know, bitters in a lemon lime bitters, bitters is twenty or thirty or forty percent alcohol by volume, but you only get a little bit in there. But mm. um, orange juice in your fridge, like when yeah. if you test yeah. it, particularly like when it's getting close to the use-by date and it's starting to get that slightly tinny... Um, <laughs> slightly dodgy, that, give that it the sniff test. Yeah, yeah. And, and, or if you sort of uh, squeeze the plastic container and there's a bit of outward pressure. Um, that's, <laughs> the gases. <laughs> well, well it, it, it's just that sort of slight pressure that's given off by the yeah. subtle fermentation oh, that's going yeah. on. And I, I think remember it's, it well. I think for them it's a legal requirement to put on... I don't know the process about making no alcohol beer well enough, but um, I Googled it basically for her and for myself because I didn't know. And uh, it was something to do with um, the way your body metabolizes alcohol at 0.05%. You, could, you, could, you couldn't drink enough liquid of that percentage to – like your body would metabolize it quicker than you would actually absorb uh, the alcohol so you wouldn't get any sort yeah. of effect from it. So like net zero effect basically on that. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, she was upset. Very interesting. So anyway, that's um, Great Northern. Great Northern <laughs> alcohol free. Uh, moving on. Um, do consumers care about being local? The meaning of local has never been more important as local businesses, particularly in industries impacted by COVID-19 lockdowns, do it tough. As a marketing angle, it's been a prime time to consider locality as a factor in consumer buying habits. The West Australian brewers... Now, we've had this... Is it the oh, West or the Western? We uh, aren't uh, sure now. <laughs> well, we're not because the logo says yeah, West. Now we're really confused. But did did you speak to Andy and Mike on I did, your but podcast? I didn't ask them about that. Oh, I thought you might have asked them. No, no. Because we, we have this conundrum every six months or so when we've forgotten what we said previously. <laughs> but let, well, yeah, we'll, st- we'll, we'll ask him. We'll, 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 we'll get to that. We'll, we'll follow up. Um, the West Australian Brewers Association has hung its hat on wanting to buy local with its Drink West Drink uh, Best initiative and the Crafty Pints Keeping Local Alive campaign has also allowed breweries to harness the power of 
marketing local. Uh, and it's proven to be a financial success uh, for some businesses. Endeavour Group last week attributed its success during COVID-19 to an overwhelming number of Australians buying local and investing millions of dollars in a national ad campaign for its uh, local brewery and distillery suppliers. Claire, talk us through this one. Obviously, we've seen those campaigns um, come up and Endeavour and all, like all the bottle shops and things, um, Indie and otherwise, are saying, you know, this is a this is what people are going for now. People are buying local, particularly during COVID. Um, and I just thought, well, that's an interesting one. I wonder why that is and why consumers do that and whether that's going to carry on. So I spoke to a couple of lecturers at the University of Melbourne's Department of Marketing um, and we talked about, you know, how identity is and brand identities are developed and how you sort of you buy something because it fits in with your identity or the way you perceive yourself. Um, and that's why locality is such an important one. And we, we talked about that uh, when I replayed the Adam, um, our consumer marketing expert a couple of weeks ago that we reprised oh, the, the crap, podcast. Because yeah. um, he, he said very much the same thing. You've got your ideal self um, and your products are designed to fit that. Exactly, um, exactly. But then there was also, yeah, they had some really interesting insights into what it was about feeling secure and buying local. Um, yeah, saying that it, you not only felt altruistic by doing it because you were supporting someone that could potentially live down the street from you, um, but also loads of other factors that come into it about um, your geographical loyalty, um, feelings of nostalgia that tie into where you live or where you used to live or where your parents lived. Um, it was all really interesting stuff um, about the logic of that and also the pitfalls of it because one of the things they said was, you know, if you tie your identity as a brand to your locality or geography or something like that, then you've got to stay true to those um, so that locality. And if you try and go outside of that, that's when you might encounter problems with the way you uh, sort of market yourself, um, which can be really interesting. I think I mentioned um, like VB when they sponsored the shirts for the New South Wales Blues. Um, for like 10 years or something like that and everyone kicked off they, I think they only won once during that time and then so they were like VB is a bad omen like let's get someone else in and I think now I think this was as of 2017 or something Tui's um, yeah. <laughs> now sponsors it which makes a little bit more sense um, so that was just an interesting one a little throwback to something I thought was quite funny <laughs> yeah well and, 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 I, I guess that's one of the things how do you market when you are, you know, like when, when you take a geographic name, mm -hmm. like if you're X town brewery, but yep. then you're available on the other side of the of the country. And, uh, you know, like you've got your Mundy brewery, which is very much part of the Sunshine Coast, um, very strong identity. But then when it's not brewed there anymore, and they've been very transparent about it's scaling, mm -hmm. but how do you scale? But then, you know, Same I think... Same with Byron Bay Brewery. There's a few other that are owned by the bigger ones and then most of them get brewed elsewhere and all that kind of stuff. And we've discussed that before mm. in relation to Resh's and Emu Export. You know, they're not actually brewed where everyone thinks they should be brewed. Well, even the Resh's Society. So, and then when bothered. you tell them, they don't care. Like <laughs> that's, bothered, that's the yeah. On one level, they're going, oh, I hate all of these Victorian <laughs> beers. And a, a great example of that. <laughs> the Gold Coast Bulletin has a wonderful story today uh, headlined Wallaby Hotel Mudgery Bar to restore Forex sign after Gold Coast backlash over VB <laughs> blasphemy. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, the, the oh, Wallaby Hotel, have, you, like that's the place you want to have a beer. That sounds fantastic. Um, it's like when Sam went to Batuta, the, the like most. That was a Forex one as well. But after more than a century of service, one of the Gold Coast's most revered hotels is getting a makeover to fix the very un-Queensland feature. Uh, for 12 <laughs> long years, an unforgivable slur has gone unanswered. An unforgivable on, slur. How long has this backlash been going yeah. on? That it's, like, it's been it's a been long furious. backlash for 12 years. Um, but anyway, so apparently it's got, a, uh, it, it's got the VB logo um, painted on the roof. Um, you know, the, the VB and Victoria Bitter painted on the roof and now... And they've even got a Google Maps satellite shot of that just yeah. to prove the <laughs> <Yeah>. point. <laughs> and now it's going back to Forex and the publican's going... Uh, um, it hurts my eyes, says manager Mark Westaway of the VB sign that Mars Mudry Bar's much love Wallaby Hotel. It's visible from the bloody M1. It's un-Australian. It's 100%... Un-Australian. Australian. <laughs> he's, he's getting all, all the ticks. It's 100% un-Queensland. No longer. Um, so after more than a century of service, one of the Queensland's oldest hotels is getting a $2.3 million makeover and the priority will be restoring the original 4X sign to its oh rightful place. It. Now, it, it, it sounds like... We're, we're doing it because our customers have demanded um, that we're doing it. No, 
we're doing a makeover and we want the big cash that comes with a contract. Yeah, of, and, uh, the, and the press around it is quite nice too. Uh, and Forex will be paying for the uh, side to go on the roof, not us. So it's not <laughs> um, <laughs> our, our number one Excellent. selling beer is Forex Gold, always been, has and always will be. Ironically, the VB, if they were pouring VB mm. as a part of any sponsorship, it would have been coming from five kilometres up the road at Yadala. <laughs> funnily enough. Funnily so enough. it's very much a Queensland beer if you want to think about well, it like that. It's named the, the wrong thing, but it's made closer than the the, 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 the Forex is. It's but it's, it's one of those things. And, you know, Resh's is a great example, you know. Beautiful. They'll, they'll tell you that, oh, we don't want any of that imported Victorian muck um, or that yeah, Queensland Yeah, but Queensland's rubbish. okay. <laughs> no, Queensland's all right. They don't mind Queensland. They just don't like Victoria. But don't the uh, Resh's Appreciation Society appreciate you, um, they young do. They were very nice about that one. I'm not sure I fully deserved it. I think you're gratuitously working tips uh, or uh, (laughs) references to uh, reshes. I just love them. Um, I just appreciate the the passion. You don't see that very often in life, and the reshes of traditions <laughs> has it in bucket list. And it's all good fun, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and on that note as well, it just reminded me of. Do you remember when the Gage Roads Two Birds thing was going on? You know the, I'd the sponsorship about that. Yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I just thought of it just then because the t- the AFLW team that Two Birds had sponsored were in their back garden. Basically, they That's were right. like a stone's throw from the grounds, and then Gage Roads took that over. And I know. I don't know if it made any material difference to what happened. We should with put Gage, that on the follow up. I mean, you know, this is one of the things we can follow up. Mm. Everyone wants to announce the partnership. Um, yeah. They don't want us to talk about it twelve <laughs> months later no, and, and report back. At, well, actually, beer sales plummeted because yeah, we, we made a mistake. It. Because so, well, I'd be interested to see sort of the reputational impact that had. As as your editor, I. Quite happy for you to pursue that. I if will you can, have a look. <laughs> if you can turn anything <laughs> up, you, if you can sir. get anybody to speak, which as we know, people don't want to talk about the things that they don't want to talk about, only the things that they do. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, actually the second tripod, I, I, I'm burying this a little bit, the second uh, leg of the, tri- of the trifecta. Um, Byron Bay Lager dismissed uh, a complaint about a Byron Bay Brewery television advert has been dismissed by ABAC. The advert from November 2019 featured people skateboarding with an unopened six-pack of Byron Bay Lager, switching between skateboarding and surfboarding and finally ending up with a group of people cracking a cold one. Now, I haven't seen this one. Were they actually carrying... They were carrying, like, a... I don't know six what it's called. Like it was a bottle, six-pack of bottles. Okay. And um, he hadn't opened them. He was literally skating to a location, stopped skateboarding. Everybody had done all their things for the day. It was shot like people surfing. And then at the end of the day, when they're all sat down, nobody's doing anything, that's when they start drinking it. I almost expected some Facebook comments on this one saying, oh, you know, the craft brewers get hammered because there was a very similar complaint last week um, mm. with Pirate Life. But, yep. of course, that one showed them drinking, and then in the timeline yep. of the video, person A drinking, person A um, Snow- then snowboarding. snowboarding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even if it one, was filmed With a beer in his hand while he uh, was... And then there was separately <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. the beer in hand. <laughs> so that's the questionable high-risk activity that is obviously not okay. But this was very much different in that they did it right. Basically, yeah, well, and, as and far as right as you can. But, do but it. it, it's interesting, and, and I guess part of me goes, well, actually, skateboard. I mean, I, I find skateboarding with nothing in your hands inherently it's dangerous. So hard to, to, so to hard. me, and <laughs> the thought of skateboarding with a six pack of glass does increase the level of risk because <laughs> of the damage that I would cause to myself if I do it. But yeah, of course, that is more of a general public safety campaign <laughs> than an alcohol. Yeah, that's not something a marketing would cover, I don't code. Think. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. No, nothing to add. It's all right. Okay. He was. Yeah. A, he was. The guy was only on like a little penny board as well. I think it wasn't even a penny a prop, board. What's a penny know, board? Like a small little one. Yeah, man. That's what you, you ride in Byron. Yeah, yeah. There's no. There's not no a big double, proper one. Yeah, no double kicks in Byron. It's no, all. No, no, no. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> Matt's <laughs> looking confused. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, whole new world. Oh, here we go. And here's the third. Oh, <laughs> here we go. We did get to speak about. I, well, I, I wanted to, you know, avoid. We don't go looking for this, but it's just there. It's just anyway, pop up. It's just there. Contrasting fortunes at Founders First and Brew. Annual results season is in full swing as companies take stock of their last 12 months, and today Brew and Founders First posted very contrasting performances. Um, although, I mean, it, it, it's interesting. Founders First did announce a significant loss. It did, yes. But their loss seems to have been incurred with a very healthy balance sheet from yep. equity raising. They've still got, a, unlike Brew, they still have 11.4 million in cash <laughs> at the end of the year. And they've 
also the mon- the, the money that caused the loss wasn't just from running the business. No, it no. was from buying the, the, the cost of buying the businesses yeah. they've invested in. Exactly. Um, An acquisitive activity costs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which hopefully will one day, again, unlike Drew's <laughs> um, acquisitions, yeah, make them it. some money. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and we sort of spotted that this was like the seventh year at the very least that Brew hasn't made a profit of any kind. $20 million accumulated $20 million accumulated. Um and I guess that was a bit, I sort of was like, well, that's what's contrasting about them. Founders First, while they might be making losses on the balance sheet, that's all setting them up for future growth that is going to get them returns in the future. What is Brew doing to enable that? I don't know. Because this is literally just paying for something that they've already, like the uh, share issue that you did last week, Matt, that was purely to pay for the CV agreement because they didn't have that money on hand. And again, um, you know, there's no confirmation. No one's, you know, certainly um, Kent doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't talk to us anymore. <laughs> Ever since he drove through that bad reception area, um, I have not been on the game. Hung up on you, basically. <laughs> well, <laughs> we don't know that. Allegedly. Suddenly the line went dead when I was asking him some questions Difficult that he questions, yeah. appeared not to want to answer. And he seems to still be in that. <laughs> Black spot somewhere around Mildura. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I can't get him on the phone. And obviously CUB aren't going to talk about there. No. Um, but the confirmation, what I have been able to pick up is that, yes, there is excess capacity at Yadler, um, mm-hmm. as we've known for some time. Yep. And yeah, it's something that they do do um, under licence um, for certain they, they do. Um, so maybe it's not just repackaged uh, CUB, so I have to correct uh, my pure speculation about that. Maybe they are brewing to the... Fine, great northern recipe. <laughs> uh, no, no, sorry, not the great, sorry, oh, the, the, sorry, the, the fine sorry, brew recipe. <laughs> Wait, oh, I wonder if brew's going to come out with an alcohol-free variant. Ooh. Wow. No, that's not very Australian, is it? I don't know. Well, who knows? Anyway. It's the trend. Is the trend. Slowly changing. It. But we do look forward to ongoing instalments. Um, <laughs> now, uh, the, the other um, big news, or the Big Bang, uh, was Little Bang winning the inaugural Gabs Beer Design Awards. Little Bang Brewing's Face Inverter Citrus Super Sour has been named Australia's best beer can design in the inaugural Gabs Can Design Awards. The winning can, designed by freelance designer Matt O'Connor, beat entries from more than 120 breweries, including nine other shortlisted designs that were described as a creative mashup of cultural references from tattoo art and streetwear fashions to cartoon designs and modern aesthetics. It was interesting, actually, that that was what the designer said, you know, looking at a creative mashup of cultural references because that's also one of the things that can designs have sometimes been criticised for where that cultural reference touch point is actually someone else's intellectual property. Yes, yes, it's very interesting, that one. And where does the line, where is the line between appropriation of Mm. someone else's IP and creativity using pop culture touch points yeah. basically influence versus just straight yeah rip copying. off yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah there was a um where did i see that there was an artist who pretty much blatantly ripped off the mckellar designs mckellar user designer who's got a very very set sort of aesthetic and, oh, yeah. and look and i think it was like a coffee roastery employed someone and basically said we want this and then he did effectively a complete copy oh god there was a heated debate online (laughs) with that designer and the other designer and it just turned into oh my god i landed in my beer feed (laughs) (laughs) but then i I saw that um luke robertson from mail of a time commented about uh you know the number of breweries that have biggie smalls um as a cultural reference and uh took issue with that saying it's seems to suggest it was appropriation of it and that was one of the complaints about the feral biggie juice was that it was appropriating a rap culture um, and there were loads of other unrelated stuff, um, but they said basically, you know, that's a culture that encourages violence and blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. That's what they said in the complaint. And I was a bit like, mm, yeah, but we're not, but by drinking this beer, encouraging violent culture. Well, see, I, <laughs> it was I, I, very I, weird. I wouldn't have thought of that. And, you know, it, it, it's one of those hard things. and It's one of those great discussions, and everyone's going to have a slightly different perception about it, but the records are available over here. And are listened to because people are enjoying and embracing the culture that made them. Mm-hmm. Um, that I can understand why, as a marketing angle, you know, and, and you know, th- there isn't like a point at, in the Pacific Ocean where it stops being 
resonating with people in some way that they will identify with or, or react, even if it's not um, their, their culture. So yeah. yeah, it's a very it's a it's a bit of a rabbit hole. The whole cultural yeah, it, it, it's a hard one. And again, yeah. it, it's one that I'm sort of trying to understand and sort of find you know like a. a you know, yeah. a clear position. Um, yeah, I think the general understand. consensus is like a nod to whatever it is is fine, yeah. but an abs- full on like put that face on <laughs> yeah, it or whatever yeah. is yeah, yeah, a yeah. no. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess is. But that's where general. the feral one because um, it's it doesn't. I, I have seen one label that is very much mm. his face, and yeah. then another one where it's kind of like taking some of the um, elements but putting it on. The feral pig, yeah, um, yeah which that. seems to be a little bit different. But yeah, so I'd probably say that there was that's a nod, I would say, yeah. to the culture. And I mean, that's not something <laughs> ABAC would cover, but yeah, interesting. And <laughs> this is cultural, yeah. So <laughs> the cultural nod, the, the, the cultural nod podcast. Um, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, and we've sort of gotten a little bit away from it. But um, uh, the, the design, like, it, yeah, amazing to see the designs, it. and it, it did show like. I'm pretty sure I'm correct in saying that the 10 award winners, none of them would have had any cause for a back complaint. No, um, I think you're so, okay. so there was nothing. They they, they, they weren't suggested um, as marketing to children. Um, no, no. You know, well done, everyone. Uh, and But still came up with these fantastic designs. Yeah, um, exactly. So it can be done. It, it can it be done. It can be done. So, yeah. But if you are looking at putting your award-winning designs onto cans... Uh, Rallings, labels and stickers can help you discuss your options with them. The team at Rallings will walk you through the various options available to put your award-winning designs uh, that will win you next year's Gabs Design Awards that are more sustainable than applying self-adhesive labels and don't help the environment at all. Whilst uh, Rallings do produce self-adhesive labels, if you do want them, there's a much better way to ensure that your carbon footprint is lower than what you're currently doing. Give the guys a call on 1300 852 235 to find out more. Now... Um, into the mailbag and literally... Oh, when it rains, it pours, Mark. That was the thing. It was, you know, it, it being sna- snail mail during COVID when things were a little bit slower, um, it did take a little time for these things to turn up. It's not instant like an email. <laughs> um, but uh, Angus and Dylan from Beer O'Clock Australia, um, and because of the awesome power of the Radio Brews News audience, <laughs> um, <laughs> they, uh, they, they were... Writing to you um, to thank uh, to us, to us, to well, the Bruce they were News writing team. to well, the Bruce News team, but yeah. thanking uh, you for coming on the podcast last week. Um, and you'd mentioned that you hadn't tried any beers from Molly Rose, so we thought we'd rectify that. Luckily, they're in their five kilometre <laughs> bubble. Thank you again, Claire, for taking the time to speak to us. We really appreciate it and recognise it. So far, it has been great. Hope you enjoy the beers. Uh, couldn't leave you out. There's a six pack. Thank you very, very, very much. <laughs> um, and thank you for allowing Claire to. Speak. I didn't allow. You know, um, glad to speak. Um, I'm an she's outdoor cat, aren't Yeah, I? She's, she's her own person. Um, and for the work you've done for the industry. I've listened to your podcast religiously for three to four years and my Wednesday and Friday commutes wouldn't be the same without what you do. Send our love to Pete. We do love you, Pete. Um, love you. Yeah, in, in, in lockdown. And we'll more than happily send him a couple of beers to thank him for his hard work. Actually, I'll give him the address. Um, I was speaking to Pete about that last night. But didn't think it makes more sense to send them up to Brisbane to have you then send them down to Melbourne. Good point. <laughs> I know you've been looking for a physical letter for a while, so here you go. I would have handwritten it, but I didn't want to derail your whole week trying to decipher my scribble. Uh, I'll rephrase one of the questions I asked Claire in the interview. Why do we think we haven't seen many small breweries closed, closed due to COVID effects? I thought we would have seen a pretty significant drop-off of smaller brewers who on the whole sell sold the majority of their beer over their own bar or on tap in their immediate vicinity. Was it their... Ability to pivot quickly to the in these unprecedented times, obviously <laughs> a regular listener. Was it their ability to engage their local communities? Um, is this just a delay and we may see more down the track? Actually, I think it's a little of column A, a column B and column C. Yeah, I think so. Um, they did a pivot quickly. People have embraced their local, which has given them a market for putting their, their, their beer in cans. And I think that has really helped the smaller ones who have to some extent been able to replace their package, you know, their over the, because they've only got a relatively small bar with package, um, possibly at a smaller margin. And actually I was speaking to DJ McCready from Mountain Culture last week um, and he said that he's putting in more tanks um, because 
their increase in package has meant that they're running short of beer in their bar now that they've been able to gradually reopen the bar. Oh, so well, that's a nice problem. That is a nice have. story. So I'll be writing, trying to find some time to, to write on that. So there is a little bit of that. Um, they are engaging their local community, but more importantly, as Claire's article discussed, the local community is going looking for the security and you know the the, the feel good factor and all that comes with um, local. Uh, and I also think that um, is there a delay? That's the one thing that we don't know. Um, but economists are talking about, you know, that there are some zombie businesses that are potentially being kept alive by, you know, the government subsidies, government and, subsidies stuff, yeah. and, and the support uh, that we may see as they start to taper um, unless people do continue to support them. Um, so, yeah, there may be a little bit uh, in all of that. There was always talk about the industry not being hugely profitable and that many businesses are hand to mouth, so I'm surprised that these seemingly vulnerable businesses have been able to survive. Okay, so we talked about that. Um, actually, the one thing I wanted to... I've, I've skimmed this a little bit because it was a lovely long letter. Um, thank you for the shout-out on last week's. We had a pretty big spike in downloads over the weekend as your <laughs> listeners worked through your episode. So, uh, the bruise news effect. The bruise news effect. Well, no, and, it, and it's good. Um, you know, it, it, it's good to be able to because it's... Uh, I answered some questions. The Crafty Pint is this week celebrating... Ten years, ten mm-hmm. years since uh, since yes, they launched. Yes. Um, it was nice that he mentioned that it was our tenth year as well because we forgot <laughs> We've to. totally forgot about it. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, and I think two months later you were like, "Oh, I think it, I think it might well, have been our best." It was Australia Day, twenty ten. Um, ah. that, that I sent it live uh, in my underpants around the uh, holiday <laughs> table. I'm very uh, glad you put on more clothes since then. <laughs> yes. Thank you for that. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, they're, they're looking at the change in the evolution of beer media over the 10 years. And I, I'm not sure what of the quotes I sent through they're going to use, but I did have a um, you know fairly bleak outlook um, <laughs> about uh, media. But podcasting, because you know, blogging um, 10 years ago or you know, prior to 10 years ago, was the big thing. And podcasting is very much there. And so, yeah, so um, congratulations to the guys at Beer O'Clock Australia because it yes. was a great podcast and it was a really it was really nice to hear you being asked questions that we probably wouldn't have asked. Yeah. Um, and I was fascinated by your response. Oh, thank you. It was so weird to be <laughs> answering the questions rather than asking the questions. I think that was quite weird. It's yeah. a weird thing to do, isn't it? I know you're a bit more used to it, Matt, because you get interviewed on telly and... Radio and stuff, but I was like, "Oh, this is so strange." But never, a, yeah, but never. A bit, it's always about something a, a little bit specific. Yeah, so I've or never like really detached been in a, from your immediate. Job. The Beer Healer, another great podcast. Um, interviewed Pete and I separately, or no, mm. together. Um, and answered a few questions. Um, I was, I was on the Ben Spoke mm. um, live, which was interesting. I got to rail a little bit about yeah, again the decline of media, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a bugbear. <laughs> yeah, no, look, at the, and, and and that was the thing. It's a bit of a bugbear that when you're getting. Uh, so much of the investment in inverted commas media as a holistic thing mm-hmm. is going into public relations, not into advertising. And you know whether it's um, you know our business, um, you know Crafty Pints business, whether you call it directory listing or you know uh, subscription or whatever, it's advertising. It's it, it's paying the people who who create and publish the content because you know. Facebook doesn't want to pay for that, though. Did you see that? Well, Facebook doesn't pay for it. Um, it doesn't want to, yeah. either. It's very pissed off that it's going to get basically taxed to pay news outlets. Yeah. Which is ridiculous, because the reason why Facebook is popular is because people share other people's content on it. People share other people's content. And, you know, it, it, it's one of those funny things that if you um, invest in public relations and you've, you've got your public relations agency on a sort of monthly retainer, their job is to take your story and then try and get it onto the Bru- you know, onto Bruce News or into your local paper. And you go, well, if we're not here to publish the content, then... then that be- they mean nothing. <laughs> yeah, like that, <laughs> they the will thing. be useless. And who, who is most likely going to publish news about the, the, the brewing industry? Um, then, yeah, anyway. But yes, thank you, Angus and Tony. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Oh, God, I, yeah, sorry, got I got on my soapbox again. Um, anyway, <laughs> second letter. Um, and this one's handwritten. This one so is handwritten, yeah. On a cute little piece of paper On a cute well. little piece of paper. Not like an A4, that's like a no proper one, yeah, no letter one, piece of paper. No one actually has letter writing paper anymore. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, so whilst uh, no disrespect at all to Angus and Dylan who <laughs> typed theirs but sent us beer. Oh, um, that's a plus point in my work. <laughs> Anna and Nathan Battersby um, uh, sent us a handwritten one. Hi, Bruce News team. Thought it might be find this interesting. 
Uh, we recently visited the Matilda Bay um, Brew House in the Hunter Valley for lunch and for beer tastings and were confronted with a very in- misinformative uh, or uninformative beer list, see enclosed. Expecting to find some of the Matilda Bay beer classics, we were particularly keen to try a Redback. Isn't that a great beer? The menu offered us little direction. After some deduction, hint, uh, nitro stout, we determined that many of these beers were not Matilda Bay beers, but rather another brewery's beers, which was confirmed by checking the other brewery's beers website for matching ABVs and identical descriptions. Although this brewery is under the same ownership, we form this very misleading result uh, in a negative experience at the venue. It didn't help that their website really pushed the Matilda Bay range. Um, and if you do go to the Matilda Bay brew house in Hunter Valley, you'll see that it is clearly talking about the Matilda Bay brew house. Um, it also says that it was, um, and it's the Hunter Resort, um, is, is what houses it. But then it also talks about being the home of the original Brutong Brewery, um, which was a brand that no longer appears, but um, mm. we'll sort of talk about that. Um, uh, anyway, thoughts and guess the brewery. Keep up the great work with the podcast uh, and news. Cheers, Anna and Nathan Battersby. Um, oh. now, that's a bit dodgy, isn't it? Well, yeah, I'm going to hand it. this to you. So this is their brew house oh. menu. Ooh, Jimmy, um, Jimmy, professional here. Read out the, uh, you know, the, the first beer and the description and right. see how long before the penny drops. The beer name is Ginger. Oh, wow, they've got like the malt and the hops. And, okay, cool. Uh, made here on site... <laughs> Using a 300-year-old recipe with Thai green ginger and golden lager. Uh, the second one is called... I question that. The second one is called Lazy. Uh, subtle passion fruit and citrus aromas with subtle bitterness and a smooth, clean finish. Lots of subtlety happening there. But Lazy, <laughs> uh, who, who else has, an, has a beer that's lazy? Hang on, I'll keep going. Oh. This okay. one might give it away. Okay. The third one is... The third beer is called Fat. <laughs> oh. And this uh, fat is uh, rich in colour and taste of sizable floral aroma, so no subtlety <laughs> to be had here in the fat. Uh, the fourth beer is called Wild. <laughs> okay. uh, a None of these are Matilda <laughs> Bay beers, incidentally. Uh, um, now, now go to the Nitro Stout, which is uh, at the bottom of the okay. second column, and read out the description to the Nitro Stout. Nitro, fired with nitrogen. A dry Irish-style stout bearing a generous tan head, aromas of coffee, chocolate and caramel with a smooth finish with bitterness. Currently being tested to become the first certified space beer in the world. Uh, <laughs> oh, my word. So, yeah, so It's like, um, buddy, where's Wally of beer? What are they doing? It kind of is. And then they've got, they've, they've got Frothy, which is a, uh, an easy-drinking Aussie ale. They've got Kolsch. They've got... That's uh, a bloody ruse. <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> now, I, I did phone up, you know, so uh, Anna and Nathan, uh, I, I, I sort of did sort of dig a little bit deeper. I did phone the Matilda Bay Brew House to ask if they brew on site, given that they clearly say the ginger is made here using a 300-year-old recipe. Um, and the brew house is not... Um, currently, it's not brewing. plugged in. It's uh, not well. It, in. If it is there, they do not <laughs> brew on site. Um, now, oh, w- without sort of uh, researching beyond that, I think that the, the story is that it was the original home of when John Singleton uh, either founded or bought into the Blue Tongue Brewery. It was based at the the resort in the very early days of the craft beer uh, renaissance. It then uh, grew and was bought by. Um, Miller's, um, or SAB Miller, who invested 125, built a $125 million Warnervale um, brewery that was then acquired by CUB and was then acquired by, um, and when it was acquired by CUB um, and under the, under the AB InBev um, SAB Miller partnership, um, they became a Matilda Bay brew house in a very short-lived push for the Matilda Bay brand. Obviously, there's still some contract going or because they're obviously exclusively contracted to uh, to CUB, um, judging on that beer list in all of its shapes <laughs> and forms, but not um, any Matilda Bay beers um, by the by the look of it. What a shame. That'd be no, like going to a really winery sad. in the vineyards full of plastic grapes or something. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, no, we get our, our uh, juice but it's from Thousand or it's K just down Ribena the road. or something. That's <laughs> the thing. And, you know, like it's, obviously they do have a link to CUB, so, and they're, leg- they're, they're not using someone else's, appropriating someone else's copyright. There's a legitimate use because they're pouring 100% CUB beers. 
But yeah, it's to to say that it's the Matilda Bay Brew House is trying to wrap yourself in the blanket of being a brewery and the things like that, and then changing the names so it, you know, so lazy yak um, and fat yak, but not calling it fat yak is yeah. So anyway, I can understand your confusion, uh, Anna and Nathan Battersby, and thank you very much for taking the time to write. If yeah, you would like so. to write, yeah. uh, PO Box sixty three, which I posted the envelope um, uh, to the Radio Brews News Facebook group. Uh, Bruce News PO Box 63 Red Hill Queensland if you'd like to send us a letter and there'll be prizes going to um, both of them now because I, I think Angus and Dylan obviously dug into their own pockets to send us some beer and sending beers and Pete to beer yeah. um, I, I think it'd be a bit naff if we then gave them a six pack from our good friends at Beer Cartel um, that we didn't pay for, so I'll dig into my own pocket and send some great Queensland beers that Ooh, we should. potentially they yeah. haven't tried. Um, I'll so drop them an email and ask them if they've not tried Drop their email. Um, yeah. And then uh, I'll also reach out to uh, Anna and Nathan and uh, get them some goodies from our prize stash and uh, a letter of the week. And if you'd like to, you've got our address, otherwise join the Facebook group that, again, this week showed itself just the level of discussion, the interesting discussions that take mm-hmm. place, all very good-natured, even when it's, um, you know, like uh, there are a couple of people who uh, said uh, that they were a little bit snarky at the um, chat I had last week with uh, mm-hmm. Tony Harper. Um, did you oh, yeah. catch I that one, Jimmy? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I could see... I think he had some really good points. He clearly uh, hates Britannomyces. Yeah, <laughs> really. But again, he's trained to hate that. <laughs> but the thing I found was that he's trained to hate Britannomyces, but he mm. still talked about a couple of experiences that he'd had. Yeah. Where as he's driving home, he goes, "Oh, that was a great wine. I want to go back and get it." And it was a Britannomyces he liked in it. Mm. So on some <laughs> yeah. level, and 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 that's where there was a little bit of a disconnect between what he was saying and what he was experiencing. But then his argument was saying that you don't control Britannomyces um, because it does take over and any other flavours that are in there gradually are eroded and you know any malt or hops or other yeast characters are pretty much going to become a single dimension Britannomyces um, with it, which again, if you, I, I, again, coming at it from a brewer's point of view, um, uh, you know, and a beer drinker's point of view, that's always been accepted, just the way peated whiskey has been accepted whether it's controlled or not. So, yeah, like it, 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 I just thought it was a really interest, interesting perspective. I don't think any, you know, even Tony says that he is absolutely right and that people shouldn't enjoy Britannomyces, but it was a, a, a unique and interesting perspective um, that I thought was worth uh, Yeah, and I think that's capturing. what makes it uh, interesting, right? It'd so, yeah. boring if everyone thought the same thing and all liked the yeah. same thing. And, you know, I can, I, I feel like yeah, I'm the same about hazy beer. As he is with Britannomyces. Yeah. Well, and in 10 yeah, years' yeah. time, 20 years' time, I'll be just flogging that dead horse about anything that's <laughs> even slightly hazy. As, I think it's an American expression. I, you know, I don't think Tony was yucking somebody else's yum. Actually, I, I think he was. <laughs> yeah. um, I think he was you know, a bit. I, I think he was a bit. But, you know, like it, it, he, he wasn't saying that he was the, the, the sole keeper of uh, a yeah. single truth. Um, <laughs> Then and, and funnily enough, uh, Rob Stewart, who was one of the people who um, didn't agree with uh, Tony, uh, he said it was great to listen to Andy and Mike. But yeah, anyway, so great to see the discussions that are always very respectful. And you can join the Radio Brews News Facebook group yourself, with or without soapbox, um, which is the uh, code word. Finishing up, thank you, Jimmy. Thank you for coming in, getting thank out you. of bed early when you've obviously got a uh, a, a long shift. Yep, no worries. Anything for the news? Um. <laughs> <laughs> Dedicated, aren't you? The alcohol-free game to the story. Our <laughs> alcohol-free correspondent. Thank you again, uh, Boom Boom, Claire. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to Rallings Label Stickers and Packaging. Thank you to Beer Cartel. And thank you especially to our great friends, our malt mates at Cry Malt, who gave us the ability to start this, uh, or were the first to support us and continues to support this podcast in our ninth year. Um, we'll have to... Oh, did it was you? August. I think it was August 2011 oh. when we first did the podcast. Yeah, right, we'll have to remember that one and do. Well, well, last week we forgot our 500th episode. Um, <laughs> of, of we're the not podcast. good at this, no, are we're, we? We're not good at this. Um, but then again, it's not about us. It's That's about it. it's about the, the news. news. <laughs> Jimmy knows it. Yeah. Jimmy knows it. <laughs> and thank you beautiful. to all of you because it would kind of be shouting into a dark room. 
if, uh, if, if we didn't get your uh, response. We didn't see the downloads each week and you can help others to find and download us if you uh, leave a recommendation on your favourite podcasting app, which apparently the only one you can really review us on is iTunes. So even if you're not in the Apple ecosystem, please go there. Because I think uh, actually we're currently topping the um, Australian podcasting Hell leaderboard. Yeah. Hell yeah, we are. Um, un- undefeated. Um, quite well. But, you know, Instagram as well. Follow, follow on Instagram. I don't think you've updated oh, the show. Oh, follow us on that. Instagram. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, in, in Instagram is where we put the consumer. You know, it's not really the industry platform. So That's we still we, good. Just yeah, no, yeah, anyway. no. We share yeah. the beers if you want to see the latest yeah. new beers. So you've, you've probably follow twenty dogs and birds. <laughs> you can follow this one as well. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Um, but yeah, but and God, actually speaking of podcasts and because I just really don't want to finish for today. And let you go, Claire. <laughs> you know, we're gonna have to get some big names on. Looking at you know. Getting international movie stars the way that James Atkinson did, so uh, we're going to. He's really putting the competition up there. So, yeah. Anyway, it's, it's all good fun, and it's great to see the the variety of voices discussing uh, beer. So, uh, it, not just our podcast, but you know, support all of the great podcasts that are going. Um, and uh, thank you. And I'm just. You know, this is kind of just petering out now. I had a big finish lined up. <laughs> see you all. See you later next week. <laughs> Boom. And we're out. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget, if you like what we do at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show, either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You can find details in the show notes. You can review our podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcasting service. Let us know what you think and help others discover the show. Finally, you can tell us directly what you think by sending an email to producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive a Brews News bottle opener. And thanks to our good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of Australian craft beer. When Brews News cast and crew are buying online, we buy at Beer Cartel. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because beer is a conversation. Beer.